0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Flames. Today, we are bringing you the final episode of our super mega duper crossover before this qualifying round. I'm Jess Belmosto, joined by Sean Lavery and Harrison Lee. How is everybody today?
1: Doing well, Jess. Good. Nothing's changed too much on my end, similar to the Flames. I mean, they had their exhibition game against the Oilers, and we'll get into it plenty this episode, but literally nothing changed for me after that exhibition game with the Flames. So I guess life is normal as it was in episode <laughs> one and episode two with our little crossover yeah.
0: here. Harrison, when do your Jets play? Uh,
2: I think in about 25 minutes, much to my chagrin.
0: Ooh. All Watching right. the
2: Jets is, uh, sometimes it's an exercise in patience and love. <laughs>
0: That's how uh, last night went for me, but we will get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames and Locked on Jets for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. So let's talk about the Flames' lovely game last night. Um, you know, that was really the first time I've watched the Flames. I mean, obviously, same as everybody for the first time in over 100 days. And I forgot just how frustrating watching them play hockey is.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane. And, you know, like, I feel bad, but you can almost tell the listeners today, like, just go back and listen to episode one and episode two, because yep. that 60 minutes <laughs> against the Oilers was a microcosm of what summer training camp has been um i think we've learned nothing about the goaltending situation i think when i saw the tweet i think it was pat steinberg from sports at 960 the fan here in calgary i saw the tweet that the goalies are going to be splitting time i thought that was really really interesting mm-hmm. um because i thought for sure that they would have you know at least a lean towards one guy whether whether it be riddick or talbot um but they split it right down the middle and right down the middle and their play like if you wanted to break it down save by save and minute by minute you could probably give a slight edge to talbot in the exhibition game yeah um but does a slight edge in an exhibition game you know make up enough ground that talbot's your game one starter against the jets who knows right um and then from a positive point of view like matthew kachuk played really well and you know he was you know one of the flame's best players for sure so as he has been all summer camp long so like i said at the start like that 60 minutes was a microcosm of the of the Flames' training camp, and I think it's it's disappointing for sure because having one exhibition game and only one exhibition game before the playoffs start, it'd be nice to hopefully get some answers from that from that game, regardless if it was a win or a loss. Just hopefully get some answers. Um But I feel like a lot of the the major questions are still there and unanswered at this point.
0: Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you there. I feel like we really could have just recorded all three episodes in one sitting and nothing would have changed. But um, I was really hoping that we would see some sort of, um, you know, light, what do you call it? Like a light bulb going over our heads and have an idea of who would be starting game one. And, you know, there weren't any updates today <laughs> on really anything, but it'll be interesting. Harrison, your Jets, um, you know, they start in about 20 minutes. What are you looking for in this exhibition game?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I got to see some of the stuff from Calgary last night, and honestly – I didn't think Calgary was that bad. And I feel like not bad is what I'm hoping for from the jets. I feel like last night's scoreline, I thought was a little unfair to Calgary, especially after they had a couple of early oopsie moments. I think against uh, Vancouver, what I want to see is less oopsie moments that are avoidable from the jets blue line, which I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's been a long time off and, uh, you know, I'm not really going to read too much into the results. I do kind of want to see if Buck looks sharp and if his tracking and positioning are, you know, at least closer to what he was during the regular season. I think it's just going to be super weird. Uh, it's going to take a bit of an adjustment watching them period because we've gone so long without them. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the, uh, some of the top six guys uh, moving quickly and getting going. Uh, I think Cody Eakin especially needs to kind of put on a good show. he, was okay when he was with the Jets I guess before the break but not exactly somebody who was a major impact player so I wouldn't mind seeing him getting a bit more involved tonight especially against Vancouver
0: definitely um I know that I will be watching that just to kind of you know gauge what the flames are up against but still to come we take a deep dive into these matchups at all angles on the ice As the days grow shorter and we are watching summer hockey, there is something that is not very far from my mind, and that would be getting ready to winterize my vehicle and really getting it all into one piece. I recently just paid an arm and a leg to get my car fixed and back up on the road, and i am from now on going to check out rockauto.com. They have everything you need. It is a mom and pop family-owned business that has quite literally every single thing you need. And it is for the do-it-yourselfers or the professionals who really know what they're doing and aren't crying to themselves as they watch a youtube video trying to figure out how to replace this or that so i know personally that i will be placing an order for uh wiper blades very soon and if you feel like you need to do the same for any part of your vehicle please make sure to um tell them that locked on sent you over there and you are not going to regret ordering from Locked Auto. Their parts and prices are unbeatable, and I highly suggest that you head on over to rockauto.com and see what it's all about. So, we talked about in the earlier episodes just about how a team looking good on paper essentially means nothing and we all agreed on that. And I noticed that there was a 12 point differential between the Flames top scorer, Matthew Kachuk, and, um, oh my goodness, um, and Connor Ryan. So is that something that is a concern for you, Sean?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a concern. I think it kind of speaks more to the fact that the Flames' stars um, didn't have a great regular season, uh, which is totally okay in this situation because it gives them a, an opportunity to rebound in the playoffs. But I guess, you know, I think there is an argument, if we wanted to break down this series kind of position by position uh, and go forwards, defense, and goaltending, you know, I think there's a case to be made that maybe the Flames have a better forward group. And the argument that would be made in that situation is that um, the Jets' top – two offensive units, um, it, it's really missing that Brian Little down the middle um, on the second line kind of role, right? So um, their first line is obviously amazing. Their second line is missing a big piece, which which hurts, but they definitely still have um, a lot of potent offense with Laine and Ehlers. Um, so when you look at the Flames third and fourth line offensively, um, they have the edge over Winnipeg. So you know i mean the offense i think you could make a case for both teams that they're better than the other um on defense i don't think the argument um is as gray i think it's more black and white whereas the flames are are much better defensively um than the jets are just because of how many um amazing blue liners have left winnipeg in the last few months and i guess over the last year or so and then we come to goaltending where it's so obviously the jets <laughs> that it, it hurts, right? Like it's yeah. so obviously that, that the, the Jets have better goaltending, at least going into the series prior to game one um, than Calgary does. So, you know, it's, it's – I guess it's a mix. It's a mixed bag for sure, but um, I just can't get this – thought of Winnipeg dominating the series, at least early on and getting out to a hot start, which kind of deflates Calgary's tires out of my head. Like for some reason leading up to, I don't know how long we've known this matchup, probably close to a month. Um, I've been thinking it this way the whole time and nothing's really swayed for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's so hard to tell because obviously teams aren't going to go hard in an exhibition game. They might get a little physical like we saw last night with um, Kachuk, but it's not going to be just, you know, a really competitive atmosphere. Like, of course, there's a little competition, but we're not going to see it ramped up to 10. Harrison, right. what are your main concerns heading into this series? Uh, I
2: think talent-wise, the Jets – uh, at least forward-wise are, are going to be fine. Um, I think what the biggest question is going to be is is how Calgary transitions in in defense to offense because Winnipeg doesn't tend to handle a lot of movement, especially rapid counters, particularly well. That's something that when it comes to Winnipeg trying to deny zone entries and then dealing with uh, defensive zone pressure, they tend to fold a bit. So if, if Calgary uses a lot of really quick verticals kind of up and down the ice and really pressures the jets defenders quickly. Cause like Winnipeg's defense is not super capable of carrying the puck under pressure. That's going to hurt Winnipeg a lot. You know, I think Winnipeg's forwards are going to have to do double duty uh, guys like Perot, cop and Lowry are going to have to work overtime to manage defensive responsibilities because right now the jets defense is just a little bit more on the vulnerable side. It's mm-hmm. not as bad as it was, uh, earlier in the season I will say that but it's also not exactly at a state where I can (laughs) confidently give a a vote of trust in it beyond it'll be functional that's that's basically what I'm thinking is the defense will be functional and that's probably the extent of my expectations
1: Harrison I have a question for you uh, in terms of the Jets like Jess and I have been negative on the Flames whether that's right or wrong we'll obviously find out if the Jets are going to win this series like Jess and I seem to think so do you think it's going to be a situation where one of the Jets, especially offensively, just absolutely dominates this series? Like one individual guy takes over like Nathan McKinnon did last year because the Flames were quite honestly embarrassed by one player, Nathan McKinnon, putting up eight points in the four or five-game series that it was. So if the Jets are going to win this series like Jess and I think they are, is it going to be a situation where maybe it's Mark Shifley or Kyle Conner or or pick any one of the Jets' offensive talents is it going to be a situation where that one player just dominates the series? Or if Winnipeg is going to win this, is it going to be a situation where the whole team contributes to a series win?
2: I think it'd be the latter. I think I'd be pretty surprised if somebody just completely goes ham and that's where they're getting most of their contributions from. I, I think the thing with the Jets that makes them a little bit different from a lot of other opponents is that they have enough really high end goal scores where if they're playing very poorly, it hasn't always mattered because they're opportunistic enough to get that lucky break to create that one offensive counter rush. And, you know, they have guys who are Supreme poachers who have unbelievable matchup skill one-on-one, but there's more than one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I, I think McKinnon, a guy like McKinnon is, he's just on a different level than most NHLers. And he has an ability to dominate possession of the puck and skate with an explosive edge that no one else in the league, except like McDavid can really match. Right. I don't think you would see that from the Jets so much so I would expect it to be a lot more distributed.
1: Yeah I, I think you're right um, but it it is scary the amount of talent that the Jets still have despite the fact that they are missing key pieces and you know just looking at this series as a whole like it's, it's so bizarre just going on a tangent that we have virtually nothing to look back on. Like these two teams, the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames, they played one game this regular season and it was way back in October, October 26. So we're talking pre Halloween here. And they played the outdoor game in Saskatchewan and it was a two, one overtime loss for the flames. Right? So on paper, if you look at the, series, at the regular season standings, it's super tight. And then the one game that we do have to look at way, way back in October was also super tight, a two, one overtime loss. Um, so it's just it is bizarre to me how close everything is on paper but yet at least for Jess and I how far everything kind of seems.
2: I think Little actually scored the overtime winner which is kind of I believe of you're right, yeah. It's bitterly ironic to think about now.
1: <laughs> and it's weird too like the whole put the pandemic into perspective thing. These two teams could potentially play 6 games against against each other in 2019-2020 and not a single one of them is going to be played in Winnipeg or Calgary because one yeah. was in Saskatchewan and then now we're going to have up to five played in Edmonton. So not a single game played in Winnipeg or Calgary.
0: Huh. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a very good point. But, um, you know, <laughs> I don't want to rub more salt in the goaltending wound, but Hellebug being a Vesna Trophy finalist is, you know, kind of a little intimidating and when I was looking at the numbers, um, you know, he had a 920, uh, 922 save percentage and two and a half goals against, which is um, a little bit different from our friends in Calgary. Uh, Riddick had a 907 save percentage and a 297 uh, goals against. And, you know, Cam Talbot, you know, he had a fantastic 2020 and it was um, really showed. He had a 919 and a 263. So (laughs) can can we even compare the two or I guess three?
1: I I don't know. I think we can, but the only reason I think we can is because we've had four months off, right? So if it was a a normal circumstance and there was no global pandemic and we were rolling from, I guess, early April into mid April, right into the playoffs, um, there would definitely be no comparison. The one thing I wonder about is Harrison, I'll get your opinion on this. I think the flames offensively have an ability to perhaps overwhelm the jets defense, right? Like, if the Flames' top two lines specifically are really playing well and kind of have warmed up after one exhibition game and one summer training camp, if they can get on the heel, if they can get the Jets' blue line on their heels, you know, can Connor Hellebuck kind of be that last line of defense? Like, what are the chances if the Flames are overwhelming the Jets' defense that Connor Hellebuck just absolutely shuts the door and, and plays like that as the candidate?
2: I think it's going to be... A difficult question just because uh, – just from watching the Flames last night, one thing that I noticed was that they had a hard time – they were getting a lot of the seam passes in areas where somebody would be on the backdoor side and exposing uh, Edmonton's weaker defense. And they would try these cross-seam passes. They'd look for those angles. But a lot of times they just didn't really seem – I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say because it's obviously basically – it's preseason, but it's right. even rougher preseason – than usual so i I don't want to read too much into it i just think it's one of those things where i think winnipeg's going to be riding by the seat of its teeth or i guess seat of its pants in this case uh especially on the on the on the penalty kill that's Mm -hmm. probably where i I think calgary would have like a decisive edge uh just because the jets penalty kill unit tends to be very poor defensively hellebuck has bailed us out time and again and i really feel like his save percentage and numbers are actually not doing enough justice uh, to just how much work he's had to do this season uh, it, it could be that the Jets defense is capable enough of just surviving you know those individual matchups against Goudreau and Monaghan and whatnot uh, but over time I think if they have to play a game where it's constantly north south with a lot of sprinting and movement that would be a concern for the Jets
0: yeah I mean I definitely agree with you there and it, it'll be interesting to see if he has to stand on his head at all. So in our final segment of our crossover show, we will give our final predictions ahead of this five-game series in the Edmonton bubble. Okay, so I would like to remind you all to subscribe to both the Locked on Flames and Locked on Jets podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Once these games start, the content will be flowing. So make sure you don't miss a thing and hit subscribe. All right. So, do we have any predictions? I know we kind of jumped the gun a little bit earlier in the week, but now that everything you know still looks the same, do we have any changes in our predictions?
1: Not for me, Jess. And like I said in our first segment, that Flames exhibition game did not answer really any of the big questions um, that I had going into the series. The one thing I did like about the Flames, and again, we have to add the caveat that Harrison so wisely added, is that it's one exhibition game after four months off. Don't read too much into it. Is that the one thing i did like is you know the flames built up and you know instead of they kind of had a rocky start which is okay you just had four months off but instead of letting that rocky start kind of overwhelm the rest of the game they did build up and get better and better as time progressed so theoretically um you'd like to see that in the series although at a much quicker pace just given that it is best of five so given that my prediction of the jets in four games has not changed i still believe winnipeg is going to win this one in four games The one thing I will add, though, in terms of an individual prediction, is I really do think Johnny Goudreau is going to, you know, not disappoint to the level that he's disappointed previously in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go bold here and say Goudreau is going to average a point a game in this series, despite the fact that the Flames are going to lose in four. All
0: right, Harrison, what about you?
2: I was kind of mulling this one over. I think... I have the Jets in five. Um, what I thought about Calgary last night and just kind of looking over and thinking about their, their broader history, I think they were mostly fine. And I think last night they were a little bit unlucky on the chances that Edmonton gave up. Those are chances that if, if the puck bounces just a little bit more, a couple inches to the left or right, those are going in against the Jets because of Winnipeg's uh, cross seam uh, defense, which can be pretty quickly exploited. I don't think is going to be a strong deterrent against Calgary kind of running roughshod. I think what Calgary is going to have a serious issue with is if they take any penalties and if they start getting into a situation where uh, Paul Maurice starts letting the jets cut loose in the past. Maurice has tried to compensate for Winnipeg's defensive issues by asking them to sit really deep in the defensive zone and then try and break out from that, which doesn't always work just because the jets blue line isn't really capable of exiting its own zone under controlled possession. But if Calgary gives the Jets a little bit of space and Marie says, you know what, just go forward, try to cheat on your breakouts, do what you got to do, that might be a serious issue and it might make the series a little bit shorter. I think it'll be close, but I think it's, it's just going to be a lot for Calgary to try and handle, especially with how much time off these teams have had. And we'll kind of get a better sense of what the Jets are like, I guess, in just a little bit here against Vancouver. But I think it's going to be. I think both teams kind of have some stylistic mismatches that'll make it uh, a little bit of a toss-up for both sides.
0: We will have to see. I, you know, I'm I'm going crazy with this one, and I'm going to say Johnny Gaudreau is going to be the Flames' point leader at the end of the series. I. Why not? I, you know, he has a fire lit underneath him and sure. You know what? He's going to do it this year.
2: He looked good last night. I thought he was he getting did. into some really good spots. He just, it just didn't quite come off for him, but he looked good.
0: Yeah, he definitely. I don't want to say he looked better than I expected, but he definitely he didn't look bad.
2: It's all the added facial hair. That's, that's what it is. That's the difference. <laughs>
1: about the man buns? Have you guys seen the man buns, I the did. Flames' first line is rocking? Like, <laughs> what do we think there? Is that a positive or a negative? We can't read too much into an exhibition game, but we can definitely read a lot into your personal style choices. So, um, is the man bun, is that a positive or a negative for the Flames?
0: <laughs> it's a positive. They've got a lot of flow going on over there, and all that lettuce has got to bring some good luck, Right.
2: Maybe it just yeah. means that they're like relaxed or something. And so yeah. like they're cool with like their fashion sort of hitting like a, like California West coast kind of surfer guy, relaxed.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys, so the, so most NHL teams are allowing their players to choose kind of their own personal style, walking into the arena. Now mm-hmm. Austin Matthews loves this more than anyone else in the league. And he's trying to be like Russell Westbrook and just flaunt basically going into the tunnel each night. And I think the flames first line in particular, they, they do have a lot of fun together um, on and off the ice. So I wouldn't be surprised to see similar antics from them but life in the bubble seems to be going well at least so far for the guys i think i've seen a few flames instagram stories of guys playing golf simulators and things like that um you know we've seen kind of a bit of a a a darker side of things in major league baseball with the marlins going into the low teens in terms of positive testing just kind of as a Mm team how hopeful are you guys that the NHL bubble is kind of going to go, let's let's call it smoothly, and let's say smoothly is, you know, going start to finish without any interruptions. Do you think it's going to go okay just kind of in terms of a bigger picture um, global pandemic side of things?
0: I think it'll be – I think it'll be better than baseball, which, I mean, the bar is pretty low for that standard, but I really do think it'll – it'll go smoothly as you know, I think that it's really important that they keep enforcing the bubble because I know um, one of the NBA players like drove to Atlanta and broke the bubble. So I think, um, you know, if the NHL keeps incentivizing players to stay within the bubble, it'll be fine.
2: I think the advantage that the NHL has is that this is not going to be lasting terribly long. So the number of entry points for something like COVID is already going to be limited by just the time scale. And I think the way that they have set things up, at least, I and I can't really speak because I'm not there, but it sounds like they have quite a few precautionary measures that they've taken. It sounds like they're doing a pretty decent job with the bubble. Like I I'm, I'm of the mind that I always expect the NHL to like butt fumble something at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like it, I just like, I'm constantly waiting for disaster, but of all of the leagues, aside from like the national women's soccer league, which I think had zero cases, I think that they've done about as well as I could expect. And it's made it a little bit easier to enjoy uh, at least just watching hockey because it feels like they've done a, a pretty thorough examination of their policies. I think it'll go well. I'm hoping that.
0: Yeah, I I think it'll definitely be better than probably what any of us expected at the start. Sean, how, how are you feeling about all of this in general, just the bubble life?
1: I, I, it's fine. I, I think they're doing about as well as they could. Um, this is one of those things that would probably take you know, years, it's almost like the Olympics, where it takes yeah. years to plan and, and kind of build up and do all the infrastructure for everything. So given the fact that they've done it in less than half a year, you know, it's it's an amazing logistical thing that they pulled off. So um, I think they've done as well as they could. I definitely, you know, I'm not in a position where I'm going to be negative on this situation, just because, you know, Lord knows that I would do a far worse job myself, um, planning something as big <laughs> as this. So, uh, you know, Watching with no fans, it's not as fun for sure. And you know, I said baseball wasn't jarring uh, last week on Locked On Flames. You know, I said I said the no fans thing. It's not as jarring as I thought it'd be. Um, but the one thing it definitely is not is it's not as fun as as mm-hmm. it used to be. Like there's there's no loud you know roars and reactions that we love um, seeing in sports. So. Um,
0: definitely you know
1: I, I definitely want to welcome it as a distraction and you know watch hockey or whether it be baseball or basketball you know kind of as a distraction and just get away for a couple hours um, so I hope to not see too much you know um, I guess pandemic talk in the NHL
0: definitely I completely agree with you thank you so much everybody for listening to our crossover series Harrison it's been a pleasure
2: thank you Harrison Thanks for having me on. I have enjoyed my time.
0: Always. And please be sure to follow us over on Twitter at um I'm at Jessica Belmosto. And Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. And Harrison is HL Living Loco. Sure, I had the
2: most complicated one. Apologies.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you will get the latest episodes of Locked on Flames and Locked on Jets, as long as you're subscribed to both, as soon as it's available each day. Want to learn more about the Western Conference playoff picture? Tune in to Locked on Oilers as Tom Gazzola gives you the host city's perspective to the NHL's return to play. Have a great day and see you tomorrow. All right, guys. Thank you again.
1: Yeah, thanks, Harris. I appreciate all the uh, help and coordination. I thought it went well.